Welcome back, race fans, to the Ileana Stock Car Radio Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jeremy Banning, along with Chris Goodacre. Today's episode, which is uh, another episode of first for uh, Chris and myself here this week, um, but we'll get to that uh, in, in, in just a little bit, a little more here in a minute. Um, but uh, we're going to preview the upcoming Bahama Bracket Nationals at the Rockford Yay, Speedway. Uh, this event was previously scheduled to be run October 14th and 15th, but as typically happens, Mother Nature kind of reared her ugly head, and uh, it's been postponed to this uh, upcoming, uh, actually about a week from this this weekend the 28th and 29th Rightfully so too i saw some pictures that were posted on facebook oh my god that place is underwater yeah so a little bit of water so what we are going to do uh, back to that whole episode of first <laughs> thing uh, for us yes is, not to mention all the technical difficulties we've had getting to this first yeah yeah a little more technical difficulties than we uh, anticipated but we are going to bring in our expert on the Bahama Brackets and Rockford Speedway uh, here for this weekend, Mr. Steve Bechtel. Steve, thanks for joining us. Jeremy, Chris, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Well, for those of you that might be listening or those that may be listening to this that maybe don't know uh, so much about you and your involvement in local racing, uh, why don't you kind of give us the obligatory uh, who are you and what do you do kind of thing? Uh, who am I? It depends on probably who you ask in, in, in the, the local racing scene. But. I, I wasn't going to say anything, but. <laughs> uh, you know, grew up in Calumet Park about two blocks away from Raceway Park, so uh, it was pretty much in my blood as, as a little kid going there. Uh, went to Raceway Park. Every night, basically, they ran all the way until 2000 when the, uh, when the track closed. I had started a website called Raceway Park News. Uh, unfortunately, the last year the track was in existence, and then it, it closed down. So I kind of had no website, had no no gig at the uh, at the track. So we kind of rebranded the website, Short Track News, and been doing that for quite some time. Uh, all my friends and uh, people we raced with and everything kind of headed out to Indiana Speedway. So we kind of made that my new home. Uh, helped people out there for a few years, and then uh, got the gig working out there as the pit director, and probably worked at Ileana Speedway for about a dozen years. Was always going to Grundy County Speedway, and then about seven years ago, started working at, uh, at Grundy County Speedway, doing a bunch of things there, for them, including the uh, the announcer at that racetrack, and uh, just a long time fan. I've done it all. I've worked at racetracks. I've been a fan. I've been a pit crew member. Uh, I've been a driver myself for a little bit here and there, uh, off and on. So just uh, just somebody that loves racing. Well, excellent. Uh, I know we all kind of have that in common here, uh, at least on this channel <laughs> yeah. so far. Uh, no, so, no, I haven't driven yet. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you've driven to and from the racetrack. Does that count? No. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. As look of despair comes across Chris's face. <laughs> Put that on the list with the camper. Put that on the list with the camper of things Chris uh, Chris needs to do. Uh, so our uh, our main focus here this week is uh, kind of getting everyone ready for the Bahama Bracket Nationals. Uh, myself, personally, uh, I had to do a little bit of research on the event uh, because I don't really know a whole lot of the history of the event, how it works. Um, so maybe go ahead and, and, and kind of fill us in, Steve, on, on a little bit of the history of the event and, and just how it works. Uh, well, first and foremost, I got to tell anybody out there listening, including you guys, if you have not been there, you need to go to the Bahama Bracket Nationals. Uh, it's on my bucket list. Annual. 
<laughs> yeah, 26th annual. I, I mean, it's, it's been around. It's not some fly-by-night special event that some of these tracks try to do, and after a couple of years, uh, it, it doesn't work. Uh, the, the main premise for the Bahama Bracken Nationals is just about every type of car there is legal, with the exception of uh, you, you know your late, your super late models that you'll see around the, the Midwest area. Everybody's basically legal. They split everybody up into to two classes, the eight cylinders and then the four cylinders. Everybody qualifies, and, and the main goal is you don't want to go faster than you qualify. They only give you like a two-tenths uh, kind of breakout to where, you know, you can go two-tenths faster during the race, but if you go over the two-tenths, then you break out and you end up moving into the next bracket. So the, the uniqueness of that is, you know, you're – racing a, a mid-American car versus a, a street stock from, from Grundy County Speedway versus a sport truck from Wisconsin, uh, an open-wheel modified from Iowa. I mean, all these different types of cars are legal. You know, they get usually about 130 to 150 of the eight-cylinder cars, uh, about half of that in the four-cylinder class. So once everybody qualifies, they'll split everybody up, uh, you know, according to – you know, the, the four cylinders and eight cylinders. So there's about four brackets with the, uh, the eight cylinder cars, two brackets with the uh, four cylinder cars and you race, race, race. I mean, you race pretty much all weekend. You got about four or five different chances to, to make the feature. Uh, everybody gets to run. Well, not everybody you got to you know, transfer into the show, but they run 50 lap features for, for everybody on Sunday there's so much special stuff that, that goes on from, from, from start to finish, which I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later on. But it's just a, a unique event that uh, has really caught on. It's, it's pretty much on everybody's bucket list at the end of the season. A lot of the drivers go up. It's very well attended from, uh, you know, people, you know, from the raceway park that went to Ileana and now we're at Grundy type of area. So uh, it, it's just a, a neat event. And, uh, anybody that I've ever got to go up there, which has been dozens of people over the years, not one of them hasn't said, you know what, this is in my top five events. Uh, you know, I have to go to every year at the Rockford Speedway. Yeah, I, I mean, I can remember the couple of years I was racing turbo stocks and we'd get to, you know, this part of the year and, and everybody would kind of ask, man, are you going to the Nationals? Oh, yeah, are yeah, you taking you, your car to the yeah, Nationals? Yeah, you're going to brackets? I'll I'm see like, you brackets. I'm like, well, what are you guys talking about? And, you know, but I, you know, I didn't realize, you know, how big of a thing, you know, it actually was. Uh, you know, at the time, you know, now kicking myself that, you know, I don't race oh, yeah. anymore, yeah. that I didn't try it at least once. Uh, cause have, you know, someone like myself whose car wasn't a whole, you know, really competitive, you know, maybe <laughs> it, it would have brought some different competition, but speak to the competition level about it, uh, about the entire event. Uh, it seems like you're matched pretty close with cars of equal speed. It is. And, and, you know, you mentioned your car wouldn't have been compatible. Uh, you know, I tell you what, I went up there. I had the chance to go up there one time. Uh, right before race week closed, it was kind of a fluke deal. I was going to go up there and help my buddy. Uh, didn't have my own truck, didn't have my own trailer. I kept the car close to the track, so I didn't, I didn't really need one. And then something happened. He, he ended up wrecking his car right before the brackets and he said, Hey, I got the truck. I got the trailer. We got hotel rooms. And, and I was, this was an enduro car basically at Raceway Park, which is, you know, a, which would have been a lot slower than, you know, your street stocks that you see nowadays. And I went up there and, you know, we had a bracket that was, you know, like I said, for, for everybody, you know, you're going to see your, you know, your Camaro stub type older late models, your open wheel modifieds, your mid-American sportsman cars in the, the A bracket. And then it goes down from there to where you, you see some of the slower mid-American cars, some of the faster street stocks. And then you get to the AAA, which is pretty much 
uh, you know, a good mix of just solid type of, of street stock cars. Only they call them different things. They're bombers and thunder stocks, you know, depending on where you race from. And then there's that 4A bracket, which, man, some of those cars are, are pretty much stock, a door bar in them. They run Enduros. They run bomber classes. Uh, you know, throughout the Midwest, six-cylinder cars and, and, and stuff like that. But all the brackets, they're, they're so evenly matched, you know. The, the 1A sometimes gets a, a little thinned out a little bit because you have some of those late models that are still older-style late models, but they're still late models. They handle a little bit better, uh, and they're actually capable of going faster than the allotted time that you're, you're able to go throughout the whole weekend. They put one time out. And, and you can't go faster than that. So if you do go faster, you have to try to reestablish your qualifying time. So sometimes the A class gets a little spread out, but every other class, including both of the Hornet classes, those are the B and, and the double B. Uh, you know, I've been out there helping people. I've been on the radios helping people. It literally is like Talladega. They're, they're you know, two, you know, wide, nine rows deep. And, and it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. To, to go up there and watch, which is why I always try to tell people, especially if you're local, go up there and see it because not only is the racing phenomenal, but you know if you sit in the stands, if you're just a fan and you're sitting up there, almost every race is like, oh hey, I, I know that guy. You know he runs. He well now he used to run Telliana, or hey that guy runs South Bend, or oh hey I know those two guys from Grundy. Almost every race you watch pretty much has a local competitor. You know that that you'll see. And uh, like I said, the racing is, is second to none up there. It's so unbelievable how close it is. And uh, like I said, it's just a, a great time. And the, and the amount of support that that we give it from this area, like I said, it kind of started with the Raceway Park guys in the uh, you know mid to late 90s. You know, there'd be a bunch of us. They, they have a home track competition, and that's just one of the numerous awards that they do up there. And they award the home track that sends the most cars up there they give them like a hundred uh drink coupons that are good you know in the bar area and there were times where raceway park would win that which i thought was such a, a cool deal because here we are traveling to a track two hours away and then rockford you would expect them to have the most entries because they have a so many classes that run there that are legal to run that event and everybody's 15 20 minutes away sleeping in their own beds we're coming up you know, 100, 150 miles away getting hotel rooms and stuff. But, but Raceway Park would, would win those competitions. And then for years, Ileana would win those competitions. And now Grundy, I think, won it a few years ago. Last year, I think we missed out by like two drivers. And, uh, like I said, it, it's just a, it's such a neat event from start to finish with, with the racing, the whole atmosphere, the, the campground area, et cetera. It's just a great deal. Yeah, you, uh, you briefly talked there about the atmosphere uh, of it. And when you have so many people from, you know, coming from different places, uh, you know, maybe from South Bend, uh, you know, or, or Grundy or up in Wisconsin, uh, you know, maybe even folks from maybe over in Iowa. Can Talk about the atmosphere in the pits when you have so many different people uh, from so many different places coming together for what seems like kind of the mecca uh, of, of events uh, in the area. Well, well, first of all, I, I think I have to mention that the reason that this event is so successful is that, you know, we're all in racing. We all, you know, grew up on it. We all hear about the big races. We go to some of the races. You, you got your Bettenhausen. You got your Spring Classic, Short Track Championship, all over the, you know, the country, the Snowball Derby. There's never really been a true 
big-time racing weekend for the little guys, as like I like to call it. So the first time we heard about this, I went to the third one. I missed the first two. I went to the third one. I haven't missed one since. And and it's such just the fact that you're going to another track. I mean, late models can go all over the country. Most street stock guys, they'll stay at their home track their whole life and right. never run another track. The Hornet guys, the Bandits, all those guys, they'll stay at their home track. So first of all, to be able to go to another track, I mean, that's kind of a cool situation to have a whole event centered around your type of cars. That's a cool deal. Rockford is just a fun track. I think it's 36 degrees of banking in the corners, which and, until you're out there for the driver's meeting that they have on the racetrack in turn three, you really don't realize, you know, how banked that racetrack really is. But it's just, like I said, it's just fun. It's the end of the season. Points are over with. I have literally, and I won't name names, but I've literally <laughs> seen people that have hated each other all year long at a racetrack fighting for a championship, getting into each other, wrecking each other, words, fighting. And you go to Rockford, and, and they're helping each other out with parts, or they come off the track with a flat tire, and, and the guys are over there helping them change it to get them back out there. I mean, it's a no pressure. It, it's a fun weekend, and it's more than just racing. I, I mean, I got a good group of friends. We stay after the races at Grundy County Speedway. There's a few times, you know, I'm racing the sun home to, to fall asleep before the, the sun comes up, but for the most part, you go to the races, you go home. This is a weekend, you know, a lot of people go up on Thursday night and, and the pits don't even open till Friday. Um, we kind of started the trend. I'd like to say that, you know, the Indiana people are kind of responsible for it. And I know this because all this stuff has been popping up on my memories on, on Facebook and social media. But about six, seven years ago, we had jello wrestling out in the parking lot in the campground. We, we planned it. We were going to, you know, practice and, and mock qualify on Friday night. Saturday is when you have your qualifying and your heat races and your bash races. And then everybody goes to the bar afterwards. And then everybody goes up to the campsite. Well, our group of people got together. We found a dozen girls that wanted to do it. We found uh, everybody donated. I ended up buying 500 pounds of industrial jello. Oh, geez. Oh, man. And a couple of inflatable pools. And before you know it, when we finally got everything set up, the word had spread. We we finally turned the lights on out in the parking lot. And before you know it, there's like 300 people out there. And it, and it wasn't like crazy, you know, sexy jello wrestling. It was just our group of friends having a good time. And, and it's, you know, that's it, that was our time. You know, we got to have fun. The next year we did the Down and Dirty Redneck Olympics to where we came up with all these crazy games just you know, we send about 35 to 45 cars up there just from our home track. So everybody you see is out there. Not very many times do you see a street stuck guy being able to go to a racetrack and having an RV and a camper and, and staying out in the parking lot. So it's just the atmosphere of the whole weekend is just fun. You know, we, it's a fun track. The, the officials, the staff at Rockford Speedway are, are second to none. I, I mean, they're they're just great to be there, they take care of the drivers and, and the fans, so that's a, a fun thing. You kind of get away from your home track for the first time, and you get to see it. And uh, it's the end of the season, and you hate to say it this way, but it is the end of the year. If you wreck the car, you got pretty much all winter to put it back together. So it's kind of guys are hanging it out, and, and, and they're like I said, they're having fun. And it's just uh, – I've never – in all my years of going there and all my years of trying to promote it and get people to go there, I've never had somebody say, 
you know what? It's not for me. I'm not going to go back. I mean, I mean, they they just love it again. Who could say no to jello wrestling? Got experience. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, you should have charged admission for that. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah we should have, you know. And I remember we were passing the bucket a little bit to to kind of recoup some of the, you know, you go out there and you you want to have fun with the Jello wrestling, and it ends up costing you over a thousand bucks by the time you're you're buying uh, all the supplies and stuff that you need. But yeah, it, it's like I said, it's just great. Rockford Speedway, if you've never been there, it's kind of unique to where they have a, a a pavilion underneath the grandstand, so they they have like a bar area where you can just go in and, uh, you know, some stay warm, which is nice because usually in October, uh, I've seen everything. I've seen 75 degrees. I've seen snow. I've seen, uh, the pits flooded where I didn't think we were going to race. So you never know what kind of weather you're going to get, but no, in this nice part of the country, to... that's was probably all in the same day, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, there, there was one year where I remember driving up there, uh, and it showed on uh, one of those signs on the highway, it was like 74 degrees and that was, Thursday, it was Friday, I think, and and by Sunday there were snow flurries. Yes, so you that get sounds about right. All, all bets are off with weather when you get to Rockford. Yep, that sounds about right. I t- talked a moment ago about you know end of the season, guys just hanging it out. Uh, you know, if you wreck the car, so what? You know, you've got all winter to fix it. Uh, you know, I can remember lots of years here. You know, come post bracket time, uh, photos popping up on on social media and whatnot of of some pretty gnarly wrecks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about that. I mean, guys are really you know just going for it. Uh, you know, but you know, even maybe you know, what what are some of the worst wrecks you've seen there? You know, I, I really I just haven't seen as many. I know if, if there's a bad one. Um, you know, trying to get circulated around so much and, you know, obviously social media, you think you see it a hundred times. So it was maybe worse than it, than it really was, you know, Rockford kind of, you know, they, they got the tire, they got a big tire in turn three where you kind of, you go up and then you go over to go into the pit area. And I have seen some people, you know, get into that tire where, you know, they hit the big tractor tire and the car just, you know, I've seen a car stand up on its back bumper completely parallel facing, facing the gods and the sun up in the sky, you know. And, but like I said, this is probably my 23rd bracket up there. Some of the wrecks look worse than they really are. This car on top of that car, but at the end of the day, it's time. I've been a control arm and some sheet metal, you know, to where it looks worse than uh, than, it, than it really is. It, it's not a matter of, you know, guys going out there kamikaze stuff. I mean, there is going to be your, your wrecks, but considering your race basically two days and you get, you know, you get a heat race, you get a something called a Bahama Bash, which is kind of like a qualifying race. Uh, on Sunday, you get a last chance race if you're not in. There's a, a Fufu race, which the uh, if you win the Fufu race, and that's for all the drivers that haven't qualified in yet, you get this one of a kind uh, bidet toilet type trophy, which is uh, which is kind of cool. But again, another way to race your way in, and then a fifty lap feature. So with with two hundred cars racing that many laps throughout the course of the weekend to to wreck a couple of cars, it's you know I, I've seen more wrecks with sixteen cars racing a twenty five lap feature sometimes at a local track. Yeah, that's that, that's for sure. I think we've all probably seen that. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you kind of <laughs> talked about the process uh, to get into the main show on Sunday. Now, just about every year, I see the videos circulating. Sing for your start. Sing, yeah, sing for your start. I, I'm actually kind of bum. I'm a, I'm a big karaoke person, and uh, you know, I love to do it. I love to see my friends do it. Uh, back when I raced, they didn't have the sing your way in, but this is something they probably started about seven, eight years ago, and I, I think it was a way to just try to get people into the bar area. I mean, smart deal. You got 
you know, 300 people out in your, your camper area with all the campers and drinking out there, you want to get them into the bar to, to buy some beer and buy some grilled cheese sandwiches and, and stuff like that. So they, they opened it up to where um, you know, anybody that's not in yet, you still have a chance on Sunday to run the last chance race. And then they also, everybody in each individual bracket, they put everybody's name in a hat that hasn't made it in yet, and they do pick one lucky dog out of the hat. But if you don't want a chance, you know, trying to get into the last chance race, you know, there's usually about three or four people in each bracket where they'll they'll do some karaoke. It's uh, fan applause, and uh, like I said, there's a way to, you know, like I said, an extra way to get in. And I, and I tell you what, guys, I I have seen everything when it comes to that. I have seen uh, a guy that had absolutely no singing talent singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because he said that's the only song that he knew the words to. I saw a driver that uh, that Chris and uh, maybe you both know, but Wayne Huffman uh, Sr. was out there. Oh, there's an old name. Singing Cocky by Kid Rock, I believe. That's great. Uh, dressed up in a chicken suit. Um, <laughs> So, so again, you you want you know you want the crowd to get into it. Obviously, because we bring so many cars, a lot of our drivers have uh, have made it in. I, I had a friend, you know, probably man six seven years ago. We we weren't in. She used to uh, Bobby Jean Walsh used to race at Indiana before they closed. And I'm yep, like, what, yep. what are you gonna do? I remember banging doors with her a couple of times. <laughs> I'm like, are you going to sing? And she goes, man, I really don't want to. And I'm like, come on, we just got to find you a song. And, and I said, you know, you got to find a song that everybody knows. If you sing a song that nobody knows, they're just kind of listening, you know, whatever. I said, you need Bon Jovi or you need Journey. She picked a Journey song. And I tell you what, she she sang Just a Small Town Girl. And when the whole bar <laughs> sang the second line, I knew we were good. Yeah, that's you know? pretty much yeah, a win that, at that, that point. Would be the, that's yeah. a win at that point, for sure. Yeah, so like I said, uh, lots of lots of crazy stuff up there. Although this year they changed it to dance your way in, so I'm not oh, kind of I kind of get what I think they're doing. I think if you got four guys in each bracket times six brackets, I mean, you got 20-something guys trying to sing. You want to give them a couple minutes to sing their song. All of a sudden, this is taking an hour and a half long to do. But if you get everybody up in each bracket and you put five of them on the stage at one time and you play a clip for 30 seconds and they dance, it definitely, I think, will cut down on the time. So I think that might be the reason behind it. I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody uh, at Rockford for, for that, you know, this year. But uh, like I said, some 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 crazy, crazy stuff. My, my favorite memory with the singing, um, we knew I, I was talking with uh, one of the officials and, and I think I was even judging that year kind of who got in with the, the vote applause. And I just said, hey, my, you know, my buddy's going to sing for the, the B bracket or whatever. And they're looking at the list or whatever. And they're like, he's the only one singing. So he automatically makes it in. Only we never told him, and, and I know you guys both know this name, Ryan Lagesty. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he got up there and made a complete fool out of himself singing Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. <laughs> and then when he was done, they let the cat out of the bag and said, hey, nobody else is singing, you're in anyways. And uh, he was a little upset with us for that, but just a, a great a great moment up there for that. All right, Steve, uh, we're going to harp on qualifying just a little bit more. Um, I had seen something about uh, the Matt Arvia Award this year. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, Matt Arvia, obviously a local racer here in the uh, in the, the kind of the Chicagoland area, 
Ransom McGrundy, uh, you know, was well known, obviously, at Ileana Speedway before they closed, and then Ransom at um, at South Bend Motor Speedway uh, passed away earlier this year. Uh, it left a big impact in the in the racing community. A lot of friends, uh, you know, formed, cared about, and loved the guy. So, and, and he lived for the brackets. I mean, that that was his his event. You know, that he went and he had fun with. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were in the bar and was feeling good, and he literally bought like 150 grilled cheese sandwiches for the whole for the whole bar. Uh, bought beer for everybody. I mean, that was his event. Even the staff at Rockford only got to see him once or twice a year. They, you know, they really loved him. And, and I believe Eddie Wolf is the guy that kind of got the ball rolling on this. Another competitor, uh, former teammate to, to Matt. And, and what they do is, is with the eight-cylinder cars, like I said, they, they, they let everybody qualify, and then they break everybody up. But before qualifying, you're kind of, you know, they send out 130-something cars, uh, you know, to qualify. So what they did is they came up with uh, an award that a lot of people have contributed to, and the uh, 34th fastest qualifier, which was Matt's number 34, is going to get this cash bonus, and they're going to do it with not only the eight-cylinder cars, but the four-cylinder cars as well. And, uh it's been climbing. Unfortunately, I don't know exactly what it's up to now. It was 300 and then 400. I I, I don't know, like I said, uh, what the, the number is now. I want to say by the time we get there, I wouldn't be surprised if more people aren't adding to it, you know, on the day of the race. But uh, you're going to go out there and qualify just kind of luck of the draw, and you're going to end up 34th quick out of everybody, and uh, somebody's going to be handing him possibly five $600. Uh, you know, in memory of Matt Arvia, so kind of kind of a neat deal out there. Yeah, that's that's excellent. That's really cool. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, the features just a little bit uh, on on Sunday there. I mean, what are these guys racing for? What do the winners get? Well, it's it's changed over the years uh, a little bit. It, it's it's really changed over the last three or four years. It used to be, um, you know, fifty lap features, and the winner had a choice uh, based on what bracket they were in. Uh, it's you know fifteen hundred to win for the A. I want to say a thousand to win for the the double A, and then three A and four A is seven hundred and fifty to win, uh, and, and a little bit lower for the B brackets. Or hence the name, the Bahama brackets. You would win a, a trip for two to the Bahamas, and uh, it was kind of a neat. Everybody always wondered where the Bahama bracket nationals came up or whatever. And like I said, you used to uh, be able to to get a trip. I want to say in, in all the years that uh, I've gone there, I've only seen two guys take it, and I think one other guy took it. Back when, before he wasn't a late model, uh, fast Eddie Hoffman, I, I believe, won the brackets either in the first or second year. That was one of the years that I missed, and I heard he took the trip. Uh, a guy named John Robinson, who we've raced against uh, pretty much every year for the last seven, eight years, he took a trip one year, and then Daryl Gay, uh, you know, he'd been the, he was the first one that had taken it in probably 15 years, and the place went nuts when he took it. Everybody, it, it, it is a pricey weekend. I mean, you're coming from you know two, three hours away, and and you know you're taking maybe a day off of work on Friday. You're either renting an RV or you're staying in a hotel, so it, it, it is pricey, you know, for a three day pit pass and everything else. So a lot of those guys take the money, but yeah, there's there's a chance to. Uh, like I said, put a little cash in your pocket or a trip for two to the Bahamas. I think, uh, to be honest with you, if, if I went out there and endured the weekend, my wife would probably kill me if I didn't take the trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's, that's a few of them have said that. A few of them have said my wife's not here, so it's safe to take the cash. <laughs> uh, another guy said my wife told me to take the uh, take the cash, but or take the trip. But uh, you know, we gotta fix this car or, or whatever it is. And like I said, uh, it, it, it's it's just a neat deal that they they, they kind of scaled it back this year, where they only offer it to the the first couple of people. I think because just so many people have not taken the trip, and and then in you know certain years they've done it to where there was only one trip available. So the first person that that claimed it got it, and I think it still went unclaimed. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, again, we're all involved in racing and. Uh, your wife may make you take the trip, but you know, if you were racing, you'd have to get that car home and you'd already be having plans to get the motor freshened and the new body hung on it, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I would say 95, if not more percent, take the, take the cash. Yeah, absolutely. About this time, uh, this time you're already kind of tabulating the budget for next yeah. year, figuring out about how far that yeah. money could go. So, <laughs> and, and realizing how much you overspend for this year. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. You do that like the second week of the season. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to spend what? <laughs> So uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier uh, you've been involved in Grundy County Speedway. I know you're doing some of the announcing and some other work out there. Uh, and while we got you on the line, you know, maybe you just uh, you know briefly kind of talk about uh, talk about this past season out there at Grundy. Uh, you know, what'd you see? What stuck out? Wrap it up for us a little bit. Yeah, you know, Grundy had a had a very good year, and I think uh, you know anybody calling in from their home track would say that. But you know, we we, we really did we. We had probably close to, to 20 late models every night. And, you know, if you look across the Midwest, there's there's not a lot of tracks. There's a lot of tracks that are, you know, averaging single-digit car counts. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're very, you know, uh, thankful to, to get the cars and the support that we get. But the late model car count was up. The Mid-American division, uh, which has pretty much fallen by the wayside. And, you know, Ileana used to run it. Lake Geneva used to run it. Both of those tracks no longer here. The the series is kind of falling a little bit on hard times, and uh, so you know to have as many Mid American cars as we had out there, Street Stock Division is is strong. You know I sit up there and I announce those guys every night, and and there's times where that fast heat race, you know you got Timmy Stewart, you got Bill Service, you got Johnny Sinertia, you got Randy Weiss, you got Rick Dawson, you got Chad Bayuk. I mean that's almost your whole heat race. Every single one of those guys is a track champion, you know, so it's, and you start adding them up, you know, this guy has five, this guy has nine, this guy has three, and and you're just kind of in awe to where, like, man, there's there's like 22 championships out there in the street stock division just in this one heat race, so so definitely a, a great, strong, you know, battle there, same with the, with, with our, our four-cylinders. We kind of went back to the re- wheel to, to reinvent them a, a few years ago with the, the breakout rule, which more and more tracks seem to be imposing on that class, and we we instantly went from five or six cars up to about 20, and that's a great mix of guys, and, and, and one thing that I really enjoyed this year is that every point battle went down to the last night, you know, as a race fan, uh, as an announcer, even, you know, you don't, the last thing you want to do is have some guy kind of stole off the championship the third week in August. You know, you'd love for it to go down to the last night, um, of the season. And basically in all of our point battles, all four of them went down to the, to the, to the last night. Um, the, 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 like I said, the, the fan count was great. The driver count, it's, it's so great to see such a diverse, group of people we probably have almost uh you know 10 11 young ladies out there that have been racing with us in various divisions uh all of them competitive you know in the, the four cylinder division a couple ladies one you know a girl named christy odom she picked up her first career feature win 
Katie Hocking, I don't even think she has her driver's license yet, picked up a couple of feature wins out there in the pure stock division. Uh, you know, Rita Fields, Cheryl Wren, Alex Gay. I mean, so many of those drivers have won races and won features the last couple of years. And then the young resurgence, you know, I mean, I grew up on guys, you know, Dave Waltmeyer and Frank Delensky, a lot of the older, you know, talented guys. And you might have one 16, 17-year-old guy in, in, in the whole pit area that, that's racing. And, and now, you know, there's a third of the people in the pits that are maybe under the, you know, can't legally get a drink. So uh, it, w- it was a great season. Our banquet's coming up November 11th. Looking forward to that and, and just looking forward to uh, a great 2018. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I know on our, our Facebook page and, uh, and some of the others on, on social media and whatnot, there's been this video out. Uh, and of a, uh, let's call it a, uh, on track altercation, uh, from a figure eight race at over at Anderson Speedway. Um, and, and for those of you out there that are listening and haven't checked it out, you can probably, uh, just go to Google. I don't Google, think it's hard to find. Go to Google or YouTube and type in Anderson Speedway Taze. <laughs> and, and, and you should probably pick up like the first or second video would, would be my guess. Uh, have you got a chance to see that, Steve? I have, and I'm going to give you a little bit of advice, Jeremy. All you fans listening, you ch- by the time you hear this, go to the Indiana Stock Car Radio Facebook page, and they'll have the video posted on their page. How about that? Hey, hey we actually posted a couple days ago. We can go ahead and reshare it. Uh, but, hey, I'm all about the shameless plugs, so oh, yeah. uh, I, I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, well, I, I have seen it. Uh, I knew kind of where you were going with it, and uh, – yeah, you, you know, guys, maybe in the dead of winter when there's not a lot going on in January when we're all freezing, I, I'd love to come back and, uh, and and maybe do like a social media episode when it comes to racing because that's something I think that we could definitely talk about. But, yeah, social media plays such a big part, uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad in, in local racing, and obviously it, it, it blew up. Um, we kind of come from an area to where, you know, I get jealous of Rockford Speedway because, you know, they, they, they're on their weekly news, you know, in their sports section. On their news, they'll have the results of Rockford Speedway. And, and unfortunately, we live in such a big market out here where you know, you're not going to have the Bears, the Bulls, the Cubs, et cetera, and then Grundy County Speedway or, or, or stuff like that. But, right. you know, I saw this video popping up on the local news stations out there, which, again, each region's a little bit different, uh, you know, to where if it can show up on local TV or not. Uh, it blew up all over Facebook, um, you know, people, just like everything with social media, people chiming in, kind of not knowing uh, the, the history of it. If you actually read the description, I guess the two guys involved, uh, you know, got were, were part of a, a previous caution. The one guy was blocking the whole time, yep. and, and the guy in second took him out. And some, a lot, it seems like 80% of the people didn't know that. They were just like, what's this guy doing? It was the first lap of the race. And, well, no, there was a little bit of, of, of history between them. And, guys, we've been around, Jeremy. I don't know how much you've gotten around to different tracks. I know uh, Mr. Goodacre has been all over and, and stuff like that. Maybe not to that extent of landing on top of the car, but – stuff like that you know it happens at every racetrack at one point in in the season and uh again uh social media kind of making it making it famous i i I will say this the cops down there at anderson do do not play uh that was definitely obvious (laughs) i don't think he even gave him a chance to to kind of stop doing what he was doing i mean he just tased him and, and and he went down uh, you know, you watch the video a little bit further and it looks like they lead the second guy 
away in cuffs um, from from again reading more social media. People that that know people in that area said the the original guy that got tased uh, he got to spend the night in jail while the other guy that let him out of the handcuffs a little bit later on in the parking lot and uh, and and told him to go home. I, I'm never a fan of using your car as a weapon. You know, there's oh, no, a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, a lot of ways you can handle stuff. You can leave it up to the officials. You can talk about it after the races, but you know, unless you've driven a race car, it, it's very hard sometimes just in that in that moment to to get over the fact that I you know I shouldn't do this again. If you dig more, uh, I also read that these guys kind of had a history of of doing this to kind of Hatfield and McCoy's type thing that they've done this numerous times through throughout the years. But yeah, definitely crazy. Uh, a bummer that it happened so late in the year. You know, if it would have happened opening day, it might have drew some more attention to the track. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, I think they're closed now. So <laughs> we'll just tell everybody that happened at Rockford, and uh, maybe they'll come to the bra- uh, the Bahama Brackets in two weeks. There, there you go. go. I think that sounds like a, a pretty good segue, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in, in, into uh, into getting everybody go to the Bahama Brackets, and then also uh, to have you on uh, later in the winter. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely there's a, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to racing and especially local racing and, and social media, like you said, it's just, it can blow things out of proportion very quickly and it can be your best friend and your worst enemy all at the same time. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I have a different view of it. Um, I, I like to think that I'm still in reality. I'm not some, some corporate guy, you know, you work for the track. So of course you're going to, you're going to think this way. But like I said, this is something that I, I've done my whole life. I, I've done, Every side of it. Like I said, I've worked at four different racetracks. I've, I've been a crew member on, on teams that have won championships. I've been a, I've been a fan just in the grandstands. I've, I've, you know, I, I've done it all and, and I've done a lot on the, on the social media front to where I do social media and I do websites for people. And, and I just, there's so many people I think I, originally I would try to sit and reply to them. And then I realized I was fighting a losing battle because I would have to reply to 200 people. And I just think if, if I, I almost want to write like a little rebuttal, just explaining social media, the negatives, the positives. If, you know, I, I've seen people that have posted stuff saying, well, I wasn't there, but I heard this, or I've never even been to that racetrack. But if this many people are, you know, and it's just, oh, it just, it drives you nuts. And you know what, at the end of the day, not every racetrack is perfect. Not any racetrack out there is, is, is perfect, and, and there's going to be problems. But man, the, and not giving away too much for our for our future episode, we haven't aired yet. <laughs> but uh, people just don't realize, you know, this stuff has gone on for years. It's just the main difference is, is 20 years ago, um, when when a bogus call came down or somebody was unhappy with something, it just stayed in the garage. You know, it was you, your five buddies, and and maybe three other people, and this and this. And now it's just. I don't know. The, the keyboard warriors, as a lot of people call them, they just they go on there, and it, and it's as a race fan, it's disappointing to see how how uneducated a lot of these replies are to stuff. To where I wish you could just kind of sit down and say, guy, you, you can blame you know this and this uh, this racetrack and this promoter, and you can blame this racetrack and that promoter for tracks closing down, but it's it's not all of them. There's a lot of factors that that go into a, either a track closing down or a track running into problems and losing car counts and losing fan count. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I definitely think that's a perfect segue into uh, a future episode here with you, Steve. Uh, you know, I know uh, Chris and I, we definitely appreciate you coming on tonight, uh, given your, your two cents uh, uh, and input on the brackets. And, uh, and we definitely look forward to having you back uh, sometime this winter. 
Well, I got to tell you, Jeremy, Chris, uh, I'm a fan of what you guys do. I, I caught the first episode uh, and was just blown away. I, I love the format. I, I love what you guys do. I haven't had a haven't had a chance to, to listen to Mr. Zolod's and his entirety with his interview on, on episode two. But <laughs> yeah, we had to pretty much shoo. We pretty much doing. had to shoo him out the door. I mean, you know, you know, Stan. I mean. Well, I figured you hung up with him, and then you called me for the next episode. I, I figured that that was how long he stayed. But but you know, but seriously, you guys, I I love the first episode. Uh, it, it's great what you guys are doing, and uh, have fun doing it. Uh, you know, I, I still kind of do a radio show here and there. This year, we kind of got away from it a little bit and haven't done it. But I did it for five years. Uh, it, it can burn you out a little bit, so just have fun with it. That's all I can tell you. And, uh, and keep it fresh, and uh, we need more people like you guys out there promoting local racing. Well, definitely uh, thank you, and hey, maybe we'll reverse the role one of these times. Yeah, maybe we'll go. come on your radio show one of these times. <laughs> How about that? Absolutely, guys. Yes, we'd love to have you on Short Track News Radio on, uh, on, on a Monday night. So, yeah, we'll definitely keep you in mind, and uh, we'll kind of trade back and forth and uh, and, and kind of go join some, some topics or something. Well, it sounds good. Again, thanks for uh, coming on, Steve. And uh, you know, if we don't see uh, you know at the at the brackets or any other time this year, we'll definitely uh, try to catch up with you this winter. Thanks, guys. You guys have a good night. All right, thanks, thanks Steve. Too. All right. Well, that was uh, that was awesome. You know, a, a good good insight on the Bahama Bracket Nationals. Uh, you know, a little bit of background of the event. I I personally have never been to the event. I've always heard great things about it. Uh, so definitely definitely awesome to get some extra perspective yeah, the, on and it. And somebody from the, that's been there for most of them. You know, I I that it is definitely a track and an, an event that. So I've been to Rockford once. It was in the mid '90s for an Argo show. So it, totally different experience and. I know uh, every year. Oh, you're going to the brackets. Well, this this year, I don't know. I, I it's in the past. It's been work. I've I've had to work most of that weekend, so I didn't really get a chance. And this year, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he definitely made a very compelling case for it. Oh, uh, absolutely. And if you're listening out there and and yeah, kind of on the fence about whether you're going to go or not, uh, definitely go check it out. Um, it's it, it sounds like a really awesome event, and, and I've never had had the opportunity to get to it. Uh, but like you said earlier, it's definitely on the bucket list. Oh, uh, yeah. One of these times yeah. to get out there, and heck, maybe one of these times if 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 we're good enough and 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 we can make it happen, maybe we'll broadcast live from the brand. Oh, there you go. That would be kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, or or record a show from there. Uh, you know, one of these times here. But yeah, uh, as long as the technical difficulties stop being so technically difficult. Well, that's why they call them difficulties and technical. Yeah. Well, see, to do this, though, we need your camper. Oh, yeah. And to, it's the racket, so I might as well have a race car, right? Yeah, exactly. And apparently, we need a kiddie pool full of jello. Yes. Um, but, I mean, hey, everybody loves jello. <laughs> also, right? a golf cart to jump a fire. I can't say whether or not that actually happened, but. I, I've heard stories and seen pictures. Oh, the stories. Well, uh, you know, hey, maybe, uh, if you're out there listening, head up the track, uh, experience some stories yourself, get some memories. Um, we definitely thank you guys, uh, for listening to this episode. We had fun recording it. If, if you haven't seen our Facebook page, we are now on Instagram. So you can now find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All kept it simple. Just at Ileana SCR, Sam Charlie Robert. Go on there. Sam Charlie Robert. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of live PD, okay? Okay, okay. So you kind of speak like that. I said, that is like the worst NATO alphabet ever. <laughs> well, you know, it happens. I've been watching a lot of live PD. It's kind of my new addiction, okay, okay. you know, and especially as we're transitioning NASCAR seasons, getting it over and everything. So Fridays, and, Friday nights and Saturday nights. Yeah, and, I, I suppose as much as I love it, you can only watch a Days of Thunder so many times in a day. Yeah, exactly, right? 
Until the next day. Until you have to switch over to Talladega Nights or well, yeah. Driven. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> so as we mentioned, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Ileana SCR. Uh, we'll be on there. I think we're going to try to maybe get a YouTube channel going. One thing I've, I've kind of played around with is some vlogs every now and then. Uh, I think I'm going to try to shoot one this weekend uh, for uh, our Michigan Raceway Park Halloween Endurance Ooh, Kart Race coming good. up. Yeah. Uh, we did one last year uh, as part of S4 Motorsports, and maybe I'll go ahead and share that uh, to the Facebook page. It's kind of a You're little flash. You're sharing all kinds of stuff we're tonight. Just, we're in a sharing mood. I'm kind of like Oprah Winfrey over here, man. You get a video, and you get a video. Yeah, you get Everybody a gets a video. Everybody gets a link. So uh, with that, uh, we hope you had a good time tonight uh, listening to us. Great insight again. Look forward to having Steve back on. Uh, definitely appreciate his insight. All I can pretty much say is, uh, you know, if, if your local track is, is still racing somewhere, get out there. Uh, if not, uh, you Rockford know, still is. Rockford's still there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I know there's still people uh, running stuff. So right, uh, uh, South Bend, I think this weekend has another uh, night of destruction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so get out there, support your local short track, uh, the people that kind of keep it, uh, keep keep local racing up and running. And until we come to you guys next time, keep turning left. <laughs>